Welcome to Mosaic Podcast. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly, heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So as I begin talking about adoption, I realize there are probably many of you in this room who have um, an intimate acquaintance with adoption. Maybe you were adopted. Maybe you have an adopted child in your family. Maybe you grew up with adopted children. Or maybe you're even considering today adopting. For me, I come from a family of social workers. Um, I'm a social worker, my dad's a social worker, my sister's a social worker, my other sister is not a social worker, but she works in a social work organization. So we're very intimately acquainted with adoption and um, fostering as well. And me and my wife have been foster carers for quite a few years, and we've had lots of children kind of pass through uh, our home, which has been a real joy for us. But two of those children were little babies, and they went on to be adopted from our house, and that was uh, really uh, quite amazing really it was a joy for us and also you know really um an emotional time as well um and you know maybe one day when they grow up they'll look back and see pictures of like me and my wife holding them thinking like who are they and maybe we'll meet them one day and that would be absolutely amazing um but have you ever seen a child who's been adopted it really is an absolutely amazing and and wonderful thing you know a child doesn't have a mum and dad, and they get a mum and dad, or maybe mum and dad don't want the child, and they get a mum and dad who want them. It changes the child's whole life. And everything changes because of who their parents are, their new parents. And you know, Jesus was adopted. God came as Jesus, and he didn't have an earthly father, and he was adopted by a guy called Joseph. And if Jesus was adopted, then adoption is a great thing. And through Jesus, we are adopted, the Bible says, into God's family. Here's a quote from J.I. Packer. He says, If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as a father. And so, as we come to this, we've got to realize that adoption is, is a profoundly biblical concept. And it's one of the key words that the Apostle Paul uses to describe our relationship to God. And so, we're going to look at kind of four key elements of that today. And firstly, we're going to look at what is adoption? Where does it fit into our salvation? Why are we adopted? And how do we live in the reality of our adoption? So, first of all, Let's look at what is adoption. And we'll begin with a good, a good old Wikipedia definition. And it says, adoption is the legal act of permanently placing a child with parents other than the birth parents. Adoption results in the, in the severing of parental responsibilities and rights of biological parents and placing those responsibilities and rights onto the adoptive parents. 
after adoption, there's no legal difference between biological and adopted children. And so we can kind of summarize this in three statements. There's a person who's not a member of your family by birth. There's a legal process. And then there's now a new member of your family. Okay, that's the kind of dictionary definition of adoption. But what does the Bible say about adoption? The Bible says that the really the deepest foundation of adoption is not actually in humans adopting humans, but it's in God adopting humans. That's the deepest foundation of adoption. Not in the act of humans adopting humans, but in the act of God adopting humans. And that is at the heart of the gospel. I wonder if you've ever thought about that. The heart of the gospel being about God adopting you into his family. And in the Old Testament, there, there isn't much about adoption. Um, there's a little bit. A few examples that you might think of would be Moses or Esther. But those were in foreign cultures. And, um, and so there's sort of no evidence that kind of legal adoptions were enacted. So Paul kind of really draws his um, um, examples and kind of doctrine of adoption um, in the Roman context, where you'd have very wealthy families, uh, often childless, who want to pass on um, wealth to the next generations. And they would maybe adopt a slave and bring the slave into their family so that their wealth could be transferred to another generation. And um, Romans 8.15 describes our spiritual adoption. And this is what Paul says. He says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Again, rather the spirit you received brought your, about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And so Paul is using a word here in the Greek, which I can't pronounce. Okay, but I'm going to tell you what it means. It literally means the placing of a son. So when Paul talks about adoption in the scriptures, he literally means the placing of a son, which in turn came to mean the placing of a son or daughter into a family that's not the biological family. Okay, so where does that fit into our salvation? Because, you know, the Bible talks about lots of different words. It talks about words like being born again, new birth, regeneration, justification, and all these words. And we might think, okay, so but... Adoption now, where does that fit into here? Because aren't we born again into God's family? You know, aren't we sort of, don't we sort of receive a new birth? Isn't that how we get into God's family? And the answer is that we're both born again and we're adopted. But the, the, the fundamental difference is that in salvation, being born again gives us the nature of children, but adoption gives us the rights of children. It gives us the standing of children. So in other words, we get into God's family by being born again or being regenerated or the new birth. But adoption gives us the position of children within God's family, the position of sons and daughters, the privileges, the rights and the responsibilities of children. So why would God, why would God adopt us? Why adoption? Why not just stop and say, okay, Regeneration, redemption, full stop. Why does the Bible then go on to say that God adopted us as well? Did you ever think about that? And the answer is that God's heart is a father's heart. It's an adoptive heart. 
And it's, a, it's an aspect of God's character. And that's why he adopts us. I mean, who makes the decision to be adopted? I mean, does a kid just sort of decide, oh, I need to be adopted? He goes to court, he fills in all the paperwork, hands it to the judge and says, there, I'm adopted. It doesn't work like that, does it? It's, it's, the, it's the father who has to make the decision to adopt the child, to kind of uh, make that legal transaction. It's initiated by the father. And that is exactly the way it is with God and with us. God is a father who adopts his children. And if you're a Christian, the Bible says he's picked you for adoption. And he's picked you, the Bible says, he's predestined you to adoption before the foundation of the world. In other words, it wasn't an afterthought for you. Oh, I'll just adopt you now because things have gone really wrong. You know, mankind has just gone totally out of order. This is crazy. I'm just going to adopt everybody. It's not like that. Adoption, the Bible says, was predestined before the foundation of the world. That before you ever came to be, adoption was God's plan A, not God's plan B. The verse we read says, in love he predestined us for adoption. So it was God's plan, his idea, his purpose, not an afterthought. The second thing is that God adopted us through Christ. The scripture says, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. We're adopted through Christ. So what does that mean? That means that to be adopted by God, that we had to be died for. If we look at verse 7, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in in accordance with the riches of God's grace. God saw us before the foundation of the world. He knew that we would be sinners and he planned the death of his son so that our sins could be forgiven and his wrath could be removed from us. And it's through that we're adopted. Now this is important. The thing that this also means is that not everybody is adopted by God. Not everybody is God's child. Adoption is for people that believe in Jesus. And the Bible is really clear about that. The blood of Christ covers the sins of those that believe. And believe that he, not just that believe that he existed. It's not like, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. You know, it's, it's that they believe what he said about himself and what the Bible's testimony is of Jesus. And you might ask the question, well, aren't I um, God's child just by virtue of my creation? You know, God's created me, so therefore, surely I'm, I'm a child of his. But there is a difference, because as a, as a, as a, um, your standing before God is not one of a son or a daughter. In fact, just by virtue of creation, our standing of God, before God is actually of, of a sinner that's guilty before God. And that, that sounds harsh, but that's what the Bible says. Um, and we're kind of not these cute little orphans. Um, the Bible actually says that we are enemies of God and that we're in rebellion against God willfully. And so the good news is that our adoption is not based on us being worthy or being cute or attractive. It's based on God's free grace that God planned before the world. And here's the thing, we can't exchange our good works for adoption. You know, our good works 
are not legal currency in God's economy. In other words, kind of our being good and our good works are not the criteria for being adopted. You know, the criteria is recognizing and a recognition of the fact that we need a savior. We have been, we're estranged from God. We're children who are estranged from God and separated from God. And the Bible calls you this morning to put your trust in Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. He lived a life before God that you could not live. The Bible calls us to um, love the Lord our God with all our heart. And we have not ever done that in the fullest sense of what God demands. But Jesus did that for you. And he went to a cross and he died in your place under the wrath of God. And when he died, he paid the price in full for your sin. And the Bible calls you to turn to God in repentance and have faith in Jesus. And that is how we become adopted into his family. So this morning, if you're thinking, well, I, I've never heard this before. And, and I don't know if, if I'm adopted. And um, Jesus, turn to Jesus. Recognize your position before God and Believe and trust in the work of Christ. And finally, the Bible says that adoption is for God's glory. In Romans chapter 11, it says, All things are from him, through him, and to him. So the goal of our, the goal of our adoption is that the glory of God's grace will be, pla- will be praised. Not that we would rejoice that God has made much of us, but that our source of joy and fulfillment would be in God and in what he has done for, for us. And so kind of understanding all that foundation, we have to ask the question, well, that's, that's all nice and everything, and I understand that, but how does that affect the way I live every day? And I think this is really where the rubber hits the road, because actually, you know, it's very easy when you've been in church for a long time to just understand the doctrine, okay? But living the doctrine and that being a living part of your life is the key, I think. And, and I've got to be honest, as, I, as I've studied this, I've realized so many areas of my life where actually, yes, I, I know I'm adopted into God's family, but, but that doesn't reflect in my actions. And when situations arise, why am I not, why are my actions not consistent with that knowledge? And I think sometimes there are areas in our life where we just need to be honest and say, actually, okay, I know this, but God, please help me to live this reality. And so the fact that we're adopted, how, how do we live that reality? And the first thing is, the Bible says that we should, or that we should recognize God as Abba Father. And that literally means Daddy. Galatians 4 verse 6 says, Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. Now, I have two children, and I, and I adore my children. And um, one of the most precious times for me, and, and, some, and one of the kind of best parts of my day, is when I come home from work. And like literally before I've like got in the house, got through the door, put my stuff down, the door flies open. It's like, Dad, Daddy. And they're there. They run out, you know, with their arms out. And my other little one sort of, he's not walking yet. So he's like crawling there, you know. And um, for those children, there is not one doubt in their mind that their dad is going to run over to them and pick them up. And give them a great big hug. 
You know, they just have to look at me with those big eyes and, you know, I'm just a goner. But I want to ask you, is that your picture of God as your father, as Abba Father? A father to whom you can cling to with complete confidence. Not one doubt in their mind that as they come through that door, that I'm there for them. They can, they can cling to me with confidence. I wonder if, in the words of C.J. Mahaney, is, your God, is, is God somebody to you who just merely tolerates you? Who's often frustrated with you? And eager to punish with you, and eager to punish you. Is that your picture of God? Because in adoption, if you think about it, what, what are the elements of adoption? It's, it's about closeness, affection, it's about generosity. And I want to ask you today, do you perceive God as being affectionate towards you? Do you perceive God as being full of generosity towards you? This is someone who desires to be close to you. Maybe that's something you need to ask God to show you today, to reveal once again his adopting grace in your life and for that to change your heart and so that you can come to him as your father through life situations, no matter what happens, knowing that he is your Abba Father, literally Daddy. Now secondly, the Bible teaches that we're adopted with a new identity. Now, this part is going to be extremely embarrassing for me, but my, my wife persuaded me to be very honest with you about this, okay? So, when I was a teenager, I went through lots of different phases, and um, <laughs> the most notable one, because you know what it's like when you're a teenager, it's like, who am I? Do you know what I mean? And, and I sort of decided to be one of those teenagers who was like, well, I'm going to be different from everyone else. <laughs> And um, like the word for that, okay, or the group that I kind of identified with <laughs> was called moshers. <laughs> you may know what they are, you may not, but let me describe it to you. So I wanted to be this thing called a mosher. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> okay, so I'll describe it to you. Some of you, the young people probably know what that is. Um, okay, so it's a, it's a kid who wears really like immensely baggy jeans, okay, and you kind of wear a hoodie with the name of like a really cool band on it or something like that. All right, and, and this is the thing. You, you kind of wear this like chain thing that comes like down here, all right, and uh, <laughs> I went to my dad and was like, Dad, I need a, a dog chain. And he's like, why? We don't have a dog. I was like, well, I want to wear it. Like, and in, in sort of like my culture, that's like, whoa, you know, you want a dog chain? You want to wear it? What's wrong with you? Um, and so you're characterized by the kind of music you listen to. So it's like, you know, it's like all this kind of pop punk rock kind of music. Uh, and uh, you kind of the, uh, and the word mosher comes from the word mosh, which is kind of how people listen to the music. You know, they, they mosh like that. <laughs> A bit more aggressively than that. Um, <laughs> and the ultimate cool thing, all right, is to be in a band if you're a mosher. You know, you're in a band. And uh, so we started a band, and one of my band members is here, and I'm not going to let him get away with this. So we're in this together. And um, our band was called Virus. <laughs> and there's a picture of me as a mosher. 
just so it really paints the picture. And that is definitely not something I'd plan. That is my wife persuaded me to do that, just so it really drives the message home. <laughs> All right, so the long hair, somebody who wants to be really different. But the point is this, that's how I defined myself. That was what I had my identity in. That was what I wanted to be and what I wanted people to see me as. And, but you know what happens to a kid when they get adopted? Their whole identity changes. Their legal status, their name, the people who are responsible for the child, everything changes for that child. And when you're adopted into God's family, your identity changes, and we now bear the name Christian, and that's our kind of family crest. We're, we're a Christian. That's what makes us up. And this is what happens when we find our identity in Christ. It means that when the world puts its options on the table, we can look at those options and say no when we have to. You can say, no, that is not who I am. And this is particularly, I think, relevant for young people because, you know, when we're young, we're kind of trying to discover who we are and, and, and everything. And I, and I want to speak to everybody, but particularly the young people, just really gently to help you because I know how much I as a young person struggled with kind of trying to find my identity and, and who I am. And so kind of, you know, young ladies out there, you know, what do you find your identity in? Because the world tells you to find your identities in, in your looks in makeup, in fashion, in, in boys and what boys say about you. And you know what? Sometimes we can define ourselves by those things and, it, and, and we can really end up being really hurt by that and not knowing who we are and, being, and, and kind of really struggling in life. And the world also tells you that your body should be your identity. And for young men, that's the same. You know, with young guys, we sort of think, oh, well, you know, kind of be really like self-conscious and body-conscious is, is, for, is for girls, but it's not. There are loads of guys who really struggle with body image. You know, having money makes you who you are, or you kind of how, how manly you are and how buff you are, and, you know, all the designer clothes and, you know, how many girls you've been with. And, and young people, those are huge temptations that I know that you struggle with and that I struggled with when I was growing up too. But you know what the great news is, is if you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, your identity is as a precious son or daughter of God, as a Christian. And you don't need to be confused thinking, well, I need to be like this or I need to be like this and kind of being tossed every which way, like trying to kind of be something because when you're a Christian, the goal of your life is to be like Jesus and to walk and live like Jesus did. You're not your looks. You're not your clothes. You're not where you live, what you drive. Your identity is in Jesus. And if you've not trusted in Jesus or you don't, you don't know if you've trusted in Jesus, when the Bible says that we can be sure and that we should be sure. Okay, so And the way we know is the Bible talks about uh, something in our life which we have which is called fruit. And it says like if a, if a tree like bears bad fruit, um, it's like when we're a Christian, that tree starts to bear good fruit. And the things that start to come from our life are different than the things that used to come from our life before. And you can ask Jesus to help you to see 
if you're a Christian or not, you know, by looking at your life and looking at how it reflects the things that Jesus says that we should do. So if Jesus says that we should honor our father and our mother, then we can look at our life and say, well, is that something that's happening in my life? Or am I telling the truth? Am I living my life, um, a life that uh, reflects the Bible? And so, young people, I particularly want to speak to you, but for everybody, it's applicable. We're to find our identity in Christ. And finally, we're adopted into a family. You know, an adopted child doesn't just have a relationship with one parent, do they? You know, it's not like you're adopted and you just have a relationship with your new dad. You know, you have a, a relationship that involves everybody. You know, you have your mother, your brothers, your aunties, uncles, cousins. I know there's always one slightly dodgy uncle in every family, you know. But, you know, there's a, you know, you have a relationship with all your family. And so we don't need to feel isolated and alone, rejected or abandoned because, you know, God has adopted us into this amazing family where he's the father. We have Jesus, who the Bible says is our elder, wiser, older brother. And we have a community of brothers and sisters, which is, our, which is the church. And I think it's amazing. This morning was a great example where we prayed for Luke, where kind of being part of a family of brothers and sisters that, we can, that are there for us in our time of need. And it's really important. And I want to ask you as well today is that, you know, in our family relationships, we invest our time and our energy in each other to cultivate family relationships. And I want to challenge you today. Are you, you know, do you see... This church community is your brother and sister, uh, brothers and sisters, and are you investing in those relationships with people? Just as we do in our natural family. And so as we end our response, um, we've touched on it, but it's worth saying again, you may be asking, what do I need to gain this adoption? How do I join God's family where God becomes my father and Jesus becomes my elder brother? And the answer, as I've said, is recognize where you are before God. If you've not made him the Lord of your life, recognize that and say sorry to God for that. The Bible calls it repentance. And it's like we're following this way. And we're following our, our own desires, the desires of our own heart and our life, what we want. But in repentance, we have Jesus on this side and we make a turn and we can't follow the things that we want and Jesus. We turn and we follow Jesus. That was, that's what the Bible calls repentance. So repent and believe in the work of Jesus. Maybe you're thinking, that sounds so good, but you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy of that. God wouldn't want me, but that's not true. He doesn't adopt us because of how good we are. He adopts us because that's his heart for us. And it comes from him. It's his love, his mercy, and his compassion. And we just need to come recognizing our unworthiness and trusting in the worthiness of Christ on our behalf. And if you're a Christian and you've already received adoption, do you need to, do you need to understand God's Father's heart towards you? Do you see God as somebody who just tolerates you? who's frustrated with you and eager to punish with you eager to punish you or do you see god as full of affection for you desiring to be close and full of generosity those are the things that encapsulate this word adoption do you see that in god 
And if not, maybe you, as we respond, you just need to come and receive that grace once again. And finally, the Bible encourages us in Ephesians chapter 5, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We're to imitate God, our perfect father. You know, children, you know, often they, and, and hopefully they want to be like their dad. And that's what the Bible tells us to do, is that because we love our Father, we want to be like Him and imitate Him. And, and that involves us showing God's adoptive love to the world, to a broken world. And so I want to ask you the question, what can you be doing to show the adoptive love of God to people in this world, to people in your life? You know, maybe this morning you're considering... Adopting a child, that's, a, that's an amazing thing. Maybe there's just somebody in your life who hasn't got great parents, who hasn't had a great dad, and you're a young man out there, and you can just take another young man under your wing and show them the love of God, show them the adoptive father's heart of God. And, and same for, uh, for you ladies as well. Maybe there's a, a sister or a girl who's just estranged from her parents or something, and you can show the adoptive love of God to that young lady. Well, why don't we just uh, pray together before we finish. Father, I just pray this morning, God, that this would just be more than just words, Lord God, in our ears, God. But I really pray that, God, the truth of your adopting heart would be burned, God, into our lives, God, that we would come before you, God, as our father, as our dad, God. And when we just sometimes feel so insecure, God, and so vulnerable, God, that we would know, God, that you have adopted us, Lord, and that you are reliable, God, that we can rely and trust upon you, God, and lean upon you, God, that you are the rock, God, and I pray, God, uh, that anybody in here, Lord, who, who, who knows by listening, God, that they are not at this moment, Lord, adopted into your family, God, I pray that you would make all grace, Lord, abound towards them now, God, that they would just come to you, God, as they are, Lord, and trust in the work of Jesus, God. And we just ask these things in your name, Lord. Amen.